Good morning. Joining us now, I've got a couple of individuals with the College of Science and Engineering and Technology here at Minnesota State University, and they're talking about the first-of-its-kind program in the country. So with me, I have Lynn Chase, Dr. Lynn Chase, who is the Associate Professor and Director of Computer Science Program here at Minnesota State, and I also have Emily Frederick, who is the Director of Marketing Communications in the College of Science, Engineering, and Technology. Good morning, ladies. Hello. So great to have you on the show. Now, the, the part that I think is so cool, this is a new program, and it's the first kind in the country, and it's called the first project-based computer science program. I honestly don't know exactly what that means, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, no, it's super cool. This is Lynn talking, by the way. We're entirely project-based, and what that means is that our students, it's an upper division program, by the way, so students compete at the end of sophomore year to get in because it's a very special program that runs for two years. And in those upper two years, first semester junior year, second semester junior year, first and second semester senior year, the students primarily are working on an industry partner project. And they're learning computer science by doing computer science. So it's different that you're not just sitting in a classroom and having right. a professor lecture at you. Right. It's a different modality for learning. And it's a modality that's really taking off in a lot of places in, in the world. It's taken off in the United States already, including at Minnesota State. In the engineering world, we have three really world-class engineering programs here already that Emily has worked hard on helping people know about in the integrated engineering department. But now we're taking that very successful model from the Bell program, the Twin Cities Engineering program, and the Iron Range Engineering program, and we're doing it here on campus in Mankato for computer science. I was looking at some of the statistics that, that Emily provided me. It says from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, jobs in computing overall are expected to grow by 13% between now and 2029, and it's the fastest growth rate of all occupations within the broader field of computing jobs requiring the computer science training based on advanced math skills are growing even faster. And the one that really struck me was that about a million new high-end computer science jobs will be created globally by 2029. I mean, this is just amazing. And I know you help with the marketing. What kinds of things sure. are you doing to reach some of these people? Oh, we're just so excited. Um, just since it's a it's a brand new program, first in the country, we're finding the need is there. Um, this is something students, students want and need. Um, being a project-based program and it being so unique in that students, they come in, they get four internships essentially during their time in the program. Yeah. Which is completely amazing. unheard of, is it? Unheard of, right? Yeah. Yes. So, how did this come about, and why are we the first? I mean, what? How did that all uh, happen? The magic is a woman named Becky Bates, <laughs> who's the oh, department well, chair over in Integrated. Let's talk about that. Well, and she also has. Uh, there are many faculty members in Integrated Engineering who've been at it for close to fifteen years now over there. They just got the bug, and they started to understand. Especially, it's. In a large part, it started up in the Iron Range, where there was a huge economic need to provide high-quality, world-class engineering training at the undergraduate level for people who were non-traditional students, because people had to work to support their families. People 
had different kinds of economic pressures up there than we normally face in, in maybe a more urban environment. And there just happened to be, it was just one of those magical things, there happened to be some faculty members up there who just made a real commitment and committed their lives, their their professional lives for decades to building and making that program a success. And now they train many, many engineers every year in uh, in, in the project-based uh, So how was that used up in the Iron Range then? What, what were they the, doing up there Some of the engineering students that I've met in my short tenure here are working with local drilling companies, local oil and gas companies, and they're they're doing their project work during their learn engineering by do engin- doing engineering time in the program with, with the companies that are involved in the industries that are most predominant up there. I think I read in some of the information that you sent me, Emily, that the people who are hiring in computer positions are saying that they're getting a lot of people who aren't prepared and ready to start on the job, and that's been an uh, issue in the past. It is. So I have come to Mankato to join the faculty here after having spent 35 years in industry. I do have a fancy PhD in computer science from Carnegie Mellon, so I'm legitimately a faculty member here, but I have not been working in academia. And over the 35 years where I I was working really at, at the highest levels in the global computing field, I have hired, interviewed, and hired thousands of people. So you've been an industry I've been side. Industry. That's where I've been for 35 years. Okay. What sorts of things did you do in that area? I have done software development. I was CEO of a software company. I was partner at a company called Accenture, which is one of the world's best known strategic consulting firms. So I was helping in in that role. I was helping banks and governments and airlines all around the world with their information technology infrastructure and figuring out how to best use their software assets. Most recently, I spent two and a half years in South Korea working for SK Telecom, which is South Korea's largest mobile network operator, helping them install artificial intelligence technologies into their world-leading 5G telephony network. So So being on the other side of hiring people, what kind of things were you seeing that well, maybe the really students weren't ready. It's kind of shocking that even the students coming out of my school, Carnegie Mellon, which is top of the line, MIT, Stanford, even the students coming out of the top schools, they're very technically trained. They know the technical material really well, but they're not project ready. They don't understand budget management, timeline management. They don't know how to talk to, <laughs> to clients. They Communication. They're maybe, they've maybe not very focused on end user needs. They haven't been exposed to, you know, the users of the actual software that they're working on. And it, possibly one of the most important things is that they've never really seen software at scale. Software is very big. There are Wait, what do you mean? They've just seen like little programs to practice they, on, so to the speak? stuff that they've seen in the like classes. Like a demo or, or something. This classes, the classwork that they've been oh. doing. It's extremely hard to simulate the true scale of real-world software in a classroom or a university setting, which is why, this is one of the main reasons why we're so focused on having our students during their upper two years work entirely on real-world projects with real-world partners. So will they be working with a faculty member who's mentoring them while they're out in the field somewhere? Is that how that works? Well, they don't have to visit this beautiful thing about computer science, which is why we can do it here on campus in Mankato instead of having to be on site up in the Iron Range, is that everything is virtual now, as we've all experienced in the last few years in response to COVID. We've really learned how much computing 
and telephony uh, and telephone networks allow us to just kind of be wherever we are. And so our students are physically here, but they're working on projects in California, in Europe, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, in in lots of different locations. None of the industry partners that we're currently working with with our current cohort are actually here in Mankato. That doesn't exclude that from happening in the future. Now, you mentioned cohort. Cohort means a group of people who are going through the classes at the same time, basically. That's right. Is this fall the first time you've had a cohort? A full cohort, yes. This is the first time we've admitted a full cohort. We had a trial run last year with a small number of students who are still with us. They are our hardy and uh, leaderful seniors this year. Okay. We have two of them. But most of the students in the program right now are first semester juniors. And I'll maybe Emily can address this. And I understand this is really a diverse group of people that you've attracted for this particular cohort. Absolutely. It's something in the computer science field and in the STEM fields that we're, that there's so many underrepresented populations. And and we're finding that this particular program, you know, we've got 70% women, we've got 80% people of color, 60% international students. So this program, we're just very proud of that. We're proud of that fact. And that is something that has been deliberate, I understand. It is. It's deliberate. So because it's a two-year program, and this is one of the reasons why I personally chose to come here and do this thing, this university, Minnesota State, here in Mankato, is so well organized around the transfer pathways where students come in from feeder colleges, other four-year schools, two-year community colleges and technical colleges, minority-serving institutions mm-hmm. all in the in, in Minnesota but also in the surrounding states, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin. Um, we have just we're perfectly situated to go out and actively recruit the kinds of people that we know will succeed the best in this program. And those students might not look like the typical 4.0 came from a privileged background kind of. Now, we, we welcome anyone. There, right. There's nothing wrong with someone who came. <laughs> <laughs> right. I came from a privileged background. I'm, I'm doing, f- I'm happy to be right. here. So, but, but, but we welcome yeah. all. Right, yeah, so exactly. We welcome everyone. And the fact that we're very well situated to kind of I'll use a little bit of technical terminology. We kind of built a machine here. This two-year program is kind of a machine, and it's got an intake end, and it's got an output end. On the intake end, we can point it at these feeder schools and help pull in the students who would be typically underrepresented, people who are maybe female or people of color or people from tribal backgrounds, people from really any kind of underrepresented population, we can sort of point the machine at those intake uh, on the intake. And then on the outside, we've got on the on the output side, we've got these really strong connections with our industry partners, who as they're running projects with us are getting to know our students, figuring out who they want to hire. And they are so delighted. Our industry partners are so happy to be working with us because of two things, really. One is that they get these project-ready graduates who are not only technically properly trained, but they're also professionally ready. So they know what's going on. They know what's going on. They know how to manage projects. They know how to manage people. They know how to think about milestones. They know how to communicate, and they know how to run a project on a cadence. It's really, really great. So all the skills that an employer might normally have to teach someone in the first year or two of their employment, they come in with those things are already locked in, which is great. And the other thing is, there's a pipeline of diverse potential 
employees, which is great. We have a candidate pool that is exactly what they're looking for. I spent 35 years in industry listening to people basically moan, bemoan the fact that there aren't enough women in the pipeline. There aren't enough people of color. And uh, we're going to fix that. We're fixing that. Another thing I see there that is uh, some investment that goes into this, including hiring a full-time industrial liaison position. Yeah, we we haven't started that yeah, yet. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What yeah. is that about? Because that's a new position, and that's something you don't normally associate with a computer science program, correct? But the engineering programs in the integrated engineering department do have a full-time oh, industrial they do. liaison. Yeah. Okay, so what would this do that then? That person uh, in, the, in the engineering department spends a lot of time building relationships with industrial partners, arranging for industrial projects, and connecting the students who are in the program to their eventual employers. So is it sort of like a fundraising person or not necessarily? Part of the job has to do with money. In the end, in the, we haven't gotten to the point where we're asking our industry partners in computer science for money yet. But in the industry, in the engineering department, which is much more well established, and mm-hmm. you know everybody sees what's happening there from all angles, the industrial partners do throw money into donation bucket. That, but it's it's voluntary, and it depends on what the partner can afford. Some of the partners are smaller, some of them are bigger, and everybody understands that it's in order to support the program and to to keep the program really um, comfortably afloat. Could you give an example of a a type of project that someone might do? Sure. Because I I don't, you know, I'm not real familiar with what that even means for computer science. Well, for computer science, let me talk you through a couple of them that are going on right now. Thank you. One of our companies is a big company that is very data-driven in the way that it helps its clients place its advertisements. So our industry partner works with companies like Google or Target or the the, they work with the retail chain of grocery stores where I came from in California, which is called Safeway. And they take all of the they help those companies take their advertising money and put it in the right place at the right time. Do we put it on the radio? Do we put it in a print newspaper? Do we put it in email? Do we put it in Facebook? Where do we where do we advertise? So it's the marketing piece. It's it's the marketing placement piece. So okay. it's an extremely data driven process these days because there's it's a big data analytics artificial intelligence problem. You take all this data about all the advertisements that are placed everywhere, and where does that data show you that you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck when you when you make those ad placements? And so there's a big company that is the international leader in that that is one of our industry partners and our students are building an application for them right now that helps them manage manage their client base so it's connecting to all of the databases they have and all the data that they have and basically helping them manage client relations so if somebody from industry is listening to this now and they're like oh that sounds like a cool program can they get involved Absolutely. somehow? So talk about that if somebody's sure. out there. Well, listening. whenever I talk with a potential industry partner, first of all, I say, well, thanks. <laughs> That's awesome that you're even interested. Mm-hmm. People are often interested partly because they just want to pay it forward. They know how important it is to help people who are coming from underrepresented uh, populations to get a step up into the STEM world. Sometimes people come to us because, and this is very, very common, there are there's always an infinite amount of software development to be done when you're running a company. And there's always projects that have been on the back burner in the priority queue stuck at position five or six for a couple of years. And what we say is, well, pull something out of that backlog of projects and I'll help you form it up into something that we think a student team of four or five students could be capable of doing 
with the help of a faculty coach like myself, who's very experienced. And let's try it. And it might even be a great opportunity for you to train one of your people on how to manage a subcontractor. Because the way we set things up is the industry partner looks at our team, not as individual interns that they're going to manage on a one-by-one basis. We don't provide labor. We provide a team that creates a deliverable. We provide a team that creates an output. And so we pick out, we carve out a scope of a project that we think will take about three months. And we run it like it's a subcontractor, like you're hiring a team to do a chunk of work for you. And so we just, after a couple of conversations, usually we go back and forth maybe two, three times. We've got a project carved out. And then the fun thing happens, which is that the industry partner comes to our orientation right before the semester begins and pitches their project to our students. Oh, and they get to they get to choose. Really? Yeah. That's really exciting because yeah. then they maybe have that special interest in there. Yeah. Do the students go through the same computer science theory information yeah. that they normally would and this is just an extra or is it just how it's incorporated into the program? Well, we are fully aligned to all of the ACM and ABET accreditation. Okay. So, so yes, they learn everything they need to learn in order to legitimately earn a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science. The way we do it is that lots of times they hit on a lot of what they need to do just in the course of doing these four projects one semester at a time. But we do also teach these little two-credit theory courses that are very much deep run-throughs of a set of topics What's different about them is that they come in eight-week slices, and we feed them in and we align them behind the projects as they're needed in order to do a good job on the projects that they're working on. So the project is the king. The project is the main thing. And then we're doing these little chunks of theoretical and hands-on work. Are are they able to get something done in that eight-week period? Because it seems like, I'm sure they're all different, very different, and that sort of thing. So is it realistic? Well, what do you have to do to get, getting done changes. See, the traditional model would be, you have a course, you have have a project, you have a a final or something. Okay. We're doing deep conceptual coverage of the material but there's and there's a little bit of homework to make sure that you really kind of get the basics but it's all being expressed and hands all the hands-on work happens in the project that they're working on now as i was looking at the there's a schedule of basically finishing in four years it's very very strictly laid out so is that the the goal because so many students take five years six years or more it's that's that's that may look strict because it's got a bunch of check boxes on it and stuff, but that's a guideline. And you know, so I mean, is that the goal though, is to to get them through? Well, you'll probably notice that the first two rows there are freshman and sophomore year, mm-hmm. and that can happen here at Mankato or at any like anywhere at Normandale or yeah, they can people can transfer in, and students can take as long as they want to get there. But there is a minimum that they need to accomplish in terms of mathematics preparation and computing preparation. They have to know a certain amount about programming in order to join the program. But the way the program is currently structured, because you're in a cohort as a student for J1, J2, S1, S2, you do need to be here full time for those four semesters. Now, you might be able to take a semester off and then join another cohort and catch up. But um, yeah, it's a program that's really cohort based and it's very much be present full time for those four semesters. And I think some of the material I saw, the first cohort has how many students? Uh, We have 11 in the first cohort. 11. Yeah. I believe I saw some where you really expected to grow. Well, we are having 17 come in in the spring. Okay. And probably 18 to 20 in the fall. And then within a couple of years, we'll be probably taking 25 every fall and 20 every spring. There's no other example. You said you're the first in the country to do this. That's right. How did you 
get this model? What what? How did you form it, formulate this to to know that it's going to be effective? It's very much the case that we cut and paste and made some modulations to what was going on in the integrated engineering department. There's 15 years of experience there. It's a hugely successful thing over in engineering. There are also schools in Europe, a few of them, that do this. There's a university in Denmark at Aalborg University. It's the national university there. They do everything using this model. Really? Yeah. And so there's a whole academic discipline out there about how to do pedagogy and education using this kind of model. And our faculty are very active in that research field as well. So not only are we building and running this program, we're publishing about it as well. So I'm assuming if this goes well, other schools are going to probably adapt this as well. We hope so. Yes. That's the goal. Yeah. And Emily, as far as marketing a program like this, what are some of your points that you're going to be able to reach out and get students to want to come to this type of program? Sure. I think it, you know what, it makes it easy. (laughs) I think students having, allowing them to have the hands-on experience right away is absolutely key. When else are they going to, you know, be able to just jump right in and just and get out there? And and especially working with a group of their other, a group of students and teams of, I believe it is four, teams of four, really get to know the other students, get the feel for what it is like to work in industry and collaborate. So I think just having that model itself will, will be very easy to, to attract students. I'm guessing given the, the practical hands-on work that they're going to ha- get through these four internships, as you call them, they're going to probably get a job. Yeah. And a lot of those maybe internships will develop into jobs? Well, we don't actually call them internships. We call oh. them the equivalent of internships. Okay. Yeah. Thank they're, you. They're industry partner projects. But yes, the whole idea is that they are so ready to go. And they may even end up working for one of the companies that they worked with. Well, That's what I was wondering, because yeah. a lot of times, especially... Given we talked about the need out there, there's so many jobs available. That's right. They're in high demand. Are they good-paying jobs, too, so students yeah. would want to be in- interested yeah, in them? very much so. I think they're among the best-paying jobs that someone with an undergraduate degree can get. And I know that you have an extensive background working with companies all over the world. I do. And so you've been in the industry. I imagine that, that those connections are going to be vital in terms of developing some of these industry liaisons. Yeah, I'm basically calling all my friends and saying, <laughs> hey, guess where I am? Look at this. Come on over here. And they go, what? What? You could give me project-ready students who are people of color and women? Okay, where do I help? You know, so Sign it's, me on. It's, it's, yeah. going, it's going great. I have, however, spoken with a few high school students in recent months. I don't think I told you about this, Emily. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking about whether or not they want to come to Mankato to study one of our... Com- we have multiple degrees in computing. We have information technology degrees, management information science degrees, health informatics degrees, and now we have computer science. They're looking at Mankato and they're thinking, do I want to come here? Or do I want to go you know, to some other school? And when they hear about the project-based program, their eyes light up and their parents' eyes light up because their <laughs> parents know employability. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> and so Mankato is still a very reasonably priced school. It is. Yeah. And the outcomes that we're creating with this program make it really a no-brainer in terms of return on investment. Lynn, since you have worked at such big entities outside, what made you decide to come to Mankato in the Midwest (laughs) of all places? You know, you've mentioned you were San Francisco, London, Korea, and India, and all over the place. And so someone with your credentials. I resisted Minnesota for 12 years. Becky (laughs) Becky got me out here 12 years ago. She's a friend, right? Becky Bates. Becky Bates is a dear friend. The department chair in integrated engineering. She's been trying to get me to do this for a long time. And I just thought, look, manufacturing 
women and people of color who are absolutely going to do great in STEM jobs. That seems like a good a good last chapter. And sure. then I, I did interview at a bunch of different universities, got a bunch of different job offers from, you know, name brand high end places. And Minnesota was by far the least known, to be honest, right. of the ones. Um, but the commitment here to investing in supporting and marketing mm-hmm. the <laughs> undergraduate program in computer science that's entirely project-based. That's really what got me to say, yeah, I'll deal with the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you mentioned to me earlier that you, you uh, initially came from Pennsylvania, so you're not completely a stranger. It's a totally different game here. Come on, let's face it. We do not get to 20 below for weeks at a time <laughs> Well, you know, there is that, but <laughs> <laughs> just wear, get a big, heavy coat, and I think you'll be fine. Uh, anything else that I haven't asked that you would like to talk about this new program here in Mankato. I just really want to invite any potential industry partners who are listening to email me, lynn, L-I-N, dot chase, C-H-A-S-E, like the bank, at mnsu.edu, or computer.science at mnsu.edu. We'd love to talk with you about bringing you into the fold, making you part of our family, and really helping you see the power of this kind of program. And you mentioned it can be a small company. Yeah. It could be a big company. Startups yeah. welcome big companies welcome really anybody. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for coming on the show. We've been talking with Dr. Lynn Chase, who is with the Computer Science Program, the brand new computer science program, in uh, first of its kind in the country, and also from the College of Science, Engineering, and Technology, Emily Frederick. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you.